Welcome to the Father and Son Pastoral Podcast. I'm Kenny Burge Jr., and I'm joined by my father, uh, Pastor Ken Burge Sr. Uh, I'm looking forward to this today. So uh, this is our second episode, and Jesus will be baptized. And this is from the Jesus Said That series, looking at every word which Jesus spoke in the New Testament. Uh, this will be taken from Matthew chapter 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, and John 1. I'm, I'm glad to have you here with me today in my house. Uh, it was a little loud at your house, so we thought we'd do this today. I <laughs> uh, made you some coffee, but I, I made sure I didn't get you any froth. So Yeah, I don't want anyone to hear that Dad was uh, frothing at the mouth as we were uh, doing our Bible study <laughs> together. So uh, I appreciate it. His coffee's great, and it's, and it's good to be here. Thank you. We would move to the Sun podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so. right. <laughs> um, so the main question that uh, we'll be looking at today is why was Jesus, the sinless son of God, baptized? Mm. I think that's a very legit question. Um, and Jesus is only going to make one statement. It's mm -hmm. allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Uh, let's start with Matthew uh, chapter 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. As you know, Dad, many uh, important events happen at the Jordan River. Uh, just to name a few, Elijah is taken up to heaven That's right. after crossing it, uh, Joshua and the Ark of the Covenant mm -hmm. going to the Promised Land. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously someone more important is coming to the Jordan. That's right. uh, I know when I was, what was it, five years old, you went to the Holy Land, and uh, you went to the Jordan, didn't you? Sure did. It was uh, June of 1993, oh, wow. and uh, the church surprised your mom um, and uh, I and sent us, and we were so thrilled to be able to go. And uh, we went to the Jordan because we we're going to do baptisms. Those who uh, felt they would need to be baptized would like to be, we're going to be baptized. But a little history uh, on the, the Jordan. Uh, when you're in the Jordan River, the, the name Jordan comes from the Hebrew to descend or to go down, uh, which is a real interesting uh, term for it because it's exactly what it does. Uh, when you look to the north, there's Mount Hermon. Um, now think about this. Uh, the mountain, although located in Syria, is 9,200 feet above sea level. Okay. It's up there. Yeah, and so from the snow-capped mountaintop, waters would descend, come down to the Sea of Galilee, down into the Jordan River, and then finally would uh, wind up at the Dead Sea. Hmm. Uh, where is the Dead Sea? If you take out my globe... The Dead Sea is 1,286 feet below sea level. So we started 9,200 feet above. We're down, and it's literally the lowest place on planet Earth. So I had the privilege because your mom had asked if I would baptize her. She was baptized as a child. I knew she was saved, but just uh, like most little children, you know, a, a, a confirmation would be good. So I had the privilege to actually baptize her uh, in the Jordan River, which was priceless. That's really that's really cool. So uh, I know I've heard that story before, but the. You know, it just makes the account so much more real. Yes. It's like we know it's real, obviously. Right. But when you know, John baptizes Jesus there and you baptize mom there, it just shows you the reality. That's right. Which I think is really cool. So um, this passage, I think, is all about Jesus's identity as the mm -hmm. submissive son of God and Messiah. We have the luxury of 
having our Bible, understanding who Jesus was, um, seeing the full story, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you think at this time, Jesus is about 30. Yeah. Uh, he's not known. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a carpenter's son, mm-hmm. obviously very righteous, mm. um, but people didn't know who he was. So I believe this passage really kind of introduces him to the nation Israel Absolutely. as the son of God and Messiah. So I kind of have to sometimes put myself in the mindset of people back then that mm-hmm. here's this Jewish guy, probably looks like every other Jewish guy hmm. in the crowd. You know, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be like you could just pick him out and say, he's the king, he's That's the Messiah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think uh, sometimes we, we kind of get ahead of ourselves and don't think, wow, this is when it really all kicks off, so to speak. So um, what was Jesus's purpose in going to the Jordan? I, th- I think that's a fair question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have, I think the first reason was to identify himself with John the prophet. Absolutely. Um, we see John's ministry was foretold. He'll prepare the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, Jesus went to John uh, to fulfill scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second reason was that Jesus was submitting to the Father's plan of identifying with mankind. Mm-hmm. You probably think the same thing I do when you hear this. Uh, he became like us so that we could become like him. Absolutely. And in a sense, now the church, as when you become a Christian, you're baptized. Obviously, a different baptism from the one Jesus was facing, mm-hmm. but it identifies with Jesus. And I, and I think the third reason was that the father would identify Jesus as his beloved son. Mm-hmm. So um, all of these have to do with his identity. It, it's telling Israel, look, this is the son of God. This is the Messiah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Or? Yeah, I I totally agree with you. The idea is his identity. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. good thing. Uh, and then identifying. And uh, I, I have to just give you a story on identification. Um, you have a birthday uh, up and coming. So happy birthday. And, it's my uh, fake birthday today. It, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. On his driver's license, it's uh, 1017. Yeah. Uh, when in actuality, he was born on uh, 1019. So uh, long story there, but it's uh, today's his fake my birthday. Fake birthday. <laughs> so he always asks for double birthday <laughs> gifts. So you can't, you can't blame him for that. Kick. But uh, when you uh, were very young in 1999, um, Mom and I had a burden to move closer uh, to the church, so we moved uh, on the same street where we grew up. I had told you stories about my yeah. my community, <laughs> and in particular, a fellow, and I'll just call him Mr. G. <laughs> and uh, Mr. G, when I was a child, gave me the statement. He said that he was in the iron and steel business, uh, that his mom would stay home in iron and he would go out and steal. <laughs> uh, we locked our doors uh, regularly when we knew he was in the community. We were moving back uh, to, uh, and, and and that's the truth. But what is so interesting is that our burden uh, was to identify sure. with sinners, to get closer to the church, and to associate with those individuals who desperately needed the, the Lord. Now, Jesus uh, unlike us, uh, he came to identify with sinners, but he was sinless. Uh, one of my favorite verses is Second Corinthians five twenty one, and he, God, made him Jesus, who knew no sin, 
to become sin for us. So the idea Jesus was going to identify with the nation of history, of course, confirming John's ministry. And um, it's a it's a great way, I think, to say that this is what we are to do in the sense of identifying with sinners, because we're all sinners saved by grace. Uh, and that's why Jesus was the exception uh, to the rule. And I think it's once again a picture of submission. Yeah. Because... Uh... He didn't need to be baptized, so to speak. That's right. You know, yeah. I mean, that's right. But uh, the father wanted him to. Mm-hmm. So if the father wants him to do it, he does it. That's right. So, um, I have, what will be the result of Jesus's baptism? Mm. And it's first uh, what you just said, uh, Jesus, Jesus's identity would be established to all those who have ears to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, God himself would speak from heaven, saying that he was pleased with Jesus, his son. Yeah. Once again, his identity, his son, mm-hmm. as you'll see the Messiah. Mm. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit we're going to see is going to descend on Jesus, yeah. which is very important because until I taught a John 1, mm-hmm. I kind of missed the prophecy that God gave to John the baptizer yeah. that uh, Jesus would be the Messiah. But it seems like John didn't know it at that time because yeah. he said, I don't know him. Yeah. So that fulfilled even a prophecy there. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, John the baptizer uh, would view all these things and tell the crowd that Jesus was the Messiah and Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the That's world. Right. Um, I think all of these events usher in Jesus's ministry and reveal him to his nation because he came to Israel. That's right. I mean, we have to remember that. Mm-hmm. Us Gentiles like to think, mm-hmm. you know, he came for us first, but he, he came to his people and his That's people right. would reject him. But uh, he came to reveal his identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all that said, Jesus came to the Jordan to be baptized. Yeah. And verse 14 says, mm-hmm. but John tried to stop him. Yeah. So uh, you've got to kind of take a second in your mind and uh, <laughs> put yourself uh, in yeah. John's mindset. Mm-hmm. And he said, I need to be baptized by you. Yeah. And yet you come to me. Um, even the righteous prophet did not understand the mind of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what God wanted. Uh, That's right. And I, I kind of picture John is struggling mm-hmm. um, with this. He can't understand the logic. Mm. Now, John's baptism, as we both agree, was a baptism of repentance. Yes. Very different from the church's baptism today, where mm-hmm. we're identifying with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a baptism to say, you know, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for all that stuff. You go under, you know, you come up washed. And John is like, why would Jesus need to take that? And, uh, but the thing I think a lot of people miss with this passage, and I kind of referred to it a little earlier, Mm -hmm. is the fact that John didn't know the identity of the Messiah. Um, John 1 says, I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. So the question is, and I had this when I study a passage, because as you know, as a pastor, when you study passages, it's like, what is the text really saying? Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, if John didn't know the identity of the Messiah, why did he not want to baptize Jesus at this time? Mm -hmm. And I think it was because he knew Jesus was a righteous man Mm -hmm. and he didn't need this baptism for repentance at this time. Uh, What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I fully agree. Again, you have the idea of perfection. Mm -hmm. And Joseph and Mary, as we studied our passage for our first podcast, they didn't get it. How do you grasp that this one is absolutely perfect, but yet John 
at some level comprehends that this is not an ordinary person. So I, I agree with your assessment. It's like he, he doesn't know he's the Messiah, but yeah. you kind of get the idea. He kind of had a feeling, mm -hmm. or at least he knew yeah. Jesus was something special. Because we right. don't know. We, you see all these plays, and it's like, John and Jesus grew up together. Right. But it's like, John's parents were old. Mm -hmm. They probably died when he was young. Was he in the wilderness for a long time? How well did he know Jesus? Exactly. We don't know. But uh, know. That's right. scripture doesn't tell us, so I guess why even try to guess? But, mm -hmm. it, but it is interesting with this. Mm -hmm. So verse 15 says, Jesus answered him, allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, I'm... I'm creating an animated show mm -hmm. for kids and uh, doing all the animation voice work and it's a lot, but I'm going, I'm starting. My goal is to do every narrative in the gospels, yeah. which is kind of scary, but I'm trying to tackle this and uh, hopefully it'll be available soon, at least the first season. But I did a lot on Zachariah, uh, John's father, Zachariah, Zacharias, depending on your translation. And uh, John, he obeyed God's word, whereas his father did not obey mm -hmm. God's word. Remember, he said, you're going to have a son. He's basically like, mm, right. no. Yeah. But I'm impressed that John, even though he knows he's so not worthy, he baptizes Jesus. Right, yeah. Uh, he's an exceptional individual. Uh, Jesus said to her, no one like him. Now that's high praise from someone who knows what's in all men. Remember when Nicodemus comes uh, to Jesus by night, the, the verse before it says Jesus know, knew what was in all men. So when he gives that kind of uh, accolade to uh, John, a it's a big deal. Yeah. So I, I just found that really interesting so that he, he still, he obeyed and it's an example for us to follow. Exactly. Um, so verse 16, when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him and mm -hmm. he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove mm -hmm. and coming down to him. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking all this stuff is probably happening very quickly. Yeah. Um, John takes him, puts him under the water. He yeah. comes up and boom, yeah. the heavens open. Yeah. And then you hear a voice, the voice of God to other people. It just sounded like noise, but John, it seemed like could understand it. And then the Holy Spirit comes down on mm. him. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot going on quick. You know, it's not like the movies where it's slow-mo and I couldn't imagine being there in this moment. And just to chime in uh, on a textual note, uh, the heavens suddenly opened uh, I, I just had to just probe the different um, versions of the account. And when you have uh, Matthew here and in Luke, it's just the Greek verb anoigo, which means to open. Huh. Uh, it's in Matthew 7, just give a quick illustration. You have the ass he can knock, Jesus huh. says. And if you knock persistently in your prayer, the door is open. It just okay. means to open. But in um, Mark's account, uh, the word that's used is schizo, which means a parting. It's a violent rending. Uh, the first time that term appears is in Matthew 27. After Jesus dies, the veil of the temple is what? It's torn yeah. apart. Um, it was from top to bottom signifying 
you know, that now we all have access directly into the presence of God, but this was done by the Almighty. So I'm just trying to envision the heavens, if you will, violently opening uh, with this. It's just, there's a lot that's going on in just uh, these few verses. And, And verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. When I was uh, teaching the young adults this passage, um, I told them sometimes you need to look at historical moments like this and just kind of step back for a second. And uh, as just humans, we like to analyze everything, which is yeah. not bad. It's a great thing. Mm-hmm. But just sometimes stop and think of the wonder of that moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it was very interesting on a, as you know, with our church's YouTube uh, we get very interesting comments and questions sometimes. Uh, some are very encouraging, and I thank people for them. And, yes, and then yeah. we have a lot of honest questions, which mm-hmm. we enjoy those too. But then you get, you know, some people, it's like, <laughs> what's your problem? Yeah. Commenting or saying just the weirdest <laughs> philosophies. But, you know, I had one man who, who said that, you know, the Father, Son, and Spirit um, they're just one in the sense that, you know, in the Old Testament, it's the Father. In the New Testament, it's the Son. And then in the church age, it's the Spirit. You know, it's kind of like they manifest themselves. Modelism, you, you're so familiar with uh, mm-hmm. that. And um, I think this is one of the passages that, you know, pardon the uh, pun, but it, it, it shot out of the water. You know, mm-hmm. it's exactly here's the Son, here's the Father speaking, and then there's the Spirit. Yeah. So um, it's the whole three in one. And if I can just uh, toss yeah. in here and sort of an application yeah. as well, I love the confirmation. Mm-hmm. Uh, often in the pastoral ministry, people try to con- um, confirm uh, to us that this is meant to happen because I prayed about it. You know, <laughs> I prayed about it, and we're supposed to fall backward and go, oh, he prayed about it. It must be meant to be. <laughs> and well, Jesus was praying as he was being baptized, but here comes the confirmation. And showing the separateness of Father and Son, the voice comes from heaven. This is my unique, my beloved Son. And and I love that because what God does, and he does it, I believe, repeatedly in the life of believers— he gives you confirmation. Oh, we started the podcast. It was your burden. You wanted to do it. You're so awesome in supporting me in so many different ways with the PowerPoint and the graph presentations and just uploading the sermons. Uh, I just listened to you and I knew this was on your heart. I believed it was of God. But then we stepped forward. And what happened? Within days, we get all these people, I mean, people we would not have thought we'd hear from that said, this is great, please keep doing these, but you look for the confirmation. Yeah. And I just want to encourage people that when you're doing God's will as Jesus was, regardless what anyone thinks, God will give you confirmations. And he does that like no one, no one else. Just one other quick story. We moved into our home in Riverdale in 1999, uh, our home in Lanham. Uh, by the Washington Bible College and Capital Bible Center. We moved there strategically so I could do my my training. When we were there, we finally got the home fixed up after 10 years. And I just knew the Lord was leading us to to make that move. The home that we're going to move into needed some work. But right after we moved in, someone comes, Pastor, uh, can uh, I do some work for you? I can do your electrical. I can do plumbing. I'm not going to charge anything. And I have 
literally dozens of stories because of our obedience to go where God wanted us to be, where he has made uh, provision. Uh, one quick example, I remember we needed money for a project. It was about $600. So um, I, I told your mom, I said, I don't know how, but God's going to provide this because we're where we're supposed to be. Uh, this was around months after the end of the year. And I remember I got a call from a board member, a pastor, we forgot to give you a bonus this year. Here's months later. And it was the exact dollar amount for what we needed. So look for God's confirmations, because when you're on the right path, he he certainly can let you know you're right where you need to be. And I think that takes us all back to basically our main point, that this is all about identity. Yeah. Um, you do what you're supposed to do, God will let you know. Mm-hmm. Jesus is obedient. And he says, this is my beloved son. And I have something written here. I said, to the Pharisees, Mm. uh, this was blasphemy. To Rome, this was a threat. To a sinner, it was salvation. Mm -hmm. Because Emmanuel, God with us, was here with us. And then, as I said, here comes God himself, says, this is my son. The Holy Spirit comes down on him. Mm -hmm. And he's the Messiah. He's the chosen one. And I, I bet John... I could imagine being there, being a righteous man. He's probably like, "Wow, yeah, okay, wow, all right. This yeah. is this is who we've been waiting for." Yeah, you know, this is. But now we're going to jump over to Mark one, mm-hmm. and as you know, John Mark is believed to be the cousin of Barnabas, and uh, he echoed these words in the book of Mark. He yeah. wrote in Mark one nine, "In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by." John, and this refers to what you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. that um, as soon as he came up out of the water, yeah. he saw the heavens being torn open. That's right. As we know, um, just quickly, Mark is very influenced by Peter. You know, mm-hmm. A lot of people mm-hmm. refer to it as Peter's gospel, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see almost Peter describing this to him, you know, heaven was torn open and, yeah. you know, the spirit descended on him like a dove mm. and a voice came from heaven. You're my beloved son with you. I am well pleased. Yeah. And this reminded me of Isaiah 42. Mm-hmm. It says, this is my servant. Mm-hmm. I strengthened him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. I have put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, Mark, as you know, is a very short account. But, That's right. But it's he's to the point. He's to the point. <laughs> As we were saying, more pastors need to be to the point. <laughs> That's right. A lot less winded. Um, and then we have Luke mm-hmm. uh, 3. Dr. Luke adds a couple more details yes. as we see. Uh, when all the people were baptized, John's popular. John's very popular at this time, we know. Mm-hmm. A very big ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus also was baptized. Um, that's what Luke adds. As he was praying, heaven opened. So we've got to picture this as you... Sometimes uh, when some people approach me, they're confused. Like they're like, "He was just baptized," but it's like he's praying as he's going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, he's going down yeah. and he's praying. Mm-hmm. So as he was praying, heaven opened, yeah. and uh, that's really praying without ceasing. Sure, and the Holy right. Spirit descended on him in a physical appearance, like a dove. So something yeah. looked like a dove, and a voice came from heaven: "You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased." Then I, I like this little note. Um, in verse 23, as he began his ministry, mm-hmm. Jesus was about 30 years old and mm-hmm. was thought to be the son of Joseph, son of Hiel. So what's so important about 
30 years old. Why do you think that's in there? Yeah, it just seems a biblical number that Levites could uh, enter to ministry at age 30. Uh, David is about 30 years of age when uh, he has United Kingdom under him. Uh, you go back to Joseph is about, you know, he had, uh, what was it, 13 years of chaos. Uh, I call it the roller coaster ride. He's 17 when his brothers sell him into captivity. And he's at age 30 when he's going to be the second in command over over Egypt. Uh, so it just seems like this is the number oh. where the Levites enter ministry and apparently Jesus, you know, being the perfect, if you will, high priest, oh. enters the ministry. And I think that's why you have the uh, note uh, in the scripture about his age. Yeah. Because he is our high priest. So. He's our uh, high priest. Yeah. Now, um, we're going to jump to our last passage, John 1. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is a very fascinating passage. Uh, it kind of gets abused yeah. sometimes, especially yeah. the timeline. Yeah. Because if we think Matthew, Mark, and Luke um, were not there mm -hmm. to witness these things firsthand. Mm -hmm. They did not see these things. However, there's a very good chance that John was there. Yeah. Uh, John. That's why I refer to the other John as John the Baptist. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'll try to clarify. But sure. John wrote the book of John, mm -hmm. the apostle. Yeah. Um, he was a follower of John the Baptist. Um, so it's very possible that he viewed these things. Mm -hmm. He was an eyewitness. Yeah. And uh, so I think this is very fascinating. Not that the others have less authority, obviously, it's sure. scripture. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But um, I think this is really interesting. He writes in verse 29, the next day, and we'll get into that next uh, couple Bible studies when mm -hmm. it talks about the next day. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. Mm -hmm. Now, when we study the context, Jesus had already been baptized. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so he's baptized and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, the baptizer was faithfully doing the uh, work of his ministry by pointing people to Jesus and identifying him as the Messiah. Now, the baptizer goes on to say, this is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me. Mm. And now this is interesting because he existed before me. Yeah. I find that interesting because when you read Luke's account, John was born before his cousin Jesus right. was. Yeah. So uh, John at this point understands this is, this is the eternal son of God. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just have to chime in the expression, the lamb of God and, and a little history for some folks. Uh, one of the things when Alexander the Great conquered the world, he brought in the Greek language with the article, the. The Latin language didn't have it. Uh, so he's not just a lamb of God. You know, in the Old Testament and uh, Passover, this is the time when Jesus would die. Um, what do you have? You had the sacrifice. Uh, you took the lamb. It was slain. Uh, the blood went on a doorpost and a lintel, the top piece. Oh. And the angel of death did what? He passed over. over. Uh, Paul picks up on his concept in uh, 1 Corinthians 5 and says, for indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. So uh, when John points and says, the Lamb of God, this has such significance. And he's not just taking away sins of the world. It's singular. He's, he's getting it at his core, at its root. And that's who he is. And it's just such an extraordinary account, but such... Rich theology is just laden in this passage. Oh. Yeah. And then it uh, goes on to say um, in verse 31, I didn't know him, yeah. 
John didn't know Jesus' identity as the Messiah. Once again, we have no clue what the relationship was before. It yeah. seems like they knew each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we would assume they did, but he didn't know he was the Messiah. But I came baptizing with water. Yeah. Why was he baptizing people? So that he, Jesus, might be revealed to Israel, revealed as the Messiah. Yeah. Uh, the baptizer then tells the multitudes in verse 32, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, mm. and he rested on him. Uh, scripture then reveals the very fascinating prophecy. It says that God had sent the baptizer a prophecy that he would witness a sign which would identify the Messiah. Mm-hmm. He would see the Holy Spirit come out of heaven and onto the Christ. This would give John the identity of the Messiah. So when John says, I didn't know him, he didn't know who he was, mm-hmm. but he who sent me to baptize God told me, you know, when you see the spirit come down. And then he ends with verse 34. I have seen and testified that this Jesus is the son of God. So once again, it's all identity. It's all, this is who Jesus is. And there's no collusion here. No. You know, it's not, you have this fabrication between Jesus and John that, you know, they're they're putting something over on the people here. Uh, I didn't know him and uh it's 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 just it's amazing yeah just amazing i i, yeah. I just think it's a fascinating uh so yeah. fascinating uh so what can we learn um yeah. from this bible study before we we get to the application what you know we we employ mm-hmm. it's all it's always good to see what what is the point from the text yeah you know what is the text telling yeah. us and then our employment comes from that yeah um so this passage is all about identity the identity of Jesus as the Son of God and Messiah. Mm-hmm. And this is important because uh, Jesus is the one who identifies us. Mm-hmm. The Sermon on the Mount, yeah. many other uh, of his teachings really says and describes what we should be as those who live in the spiritual kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know later we'll all get into the spiritual kingdom, physical kingdom, mm-hmm, all that. Mm-hmm. But Jesus has really given us our identity. Mm. So I, I think it's interesting that he knew his identity That's because right. he knows his identity. That's right. Yeah. He gives us an identity. So um, the baptizer, one of the main parts of this passage, the baptizer identifies Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah. God himself identifies Jesus as his own beloved son. Uh, Then John identified that Jesus was the Messiah to the nation of Israel. He Mm -hmm. was the Lamb of God who had come to take away the sin of the world. Um, And then I I just think it's fascinating. And what would you say really quick, just for those listening, uh, was the role of the Messiah? Uh, Why was it such a big idea that Jesus was the Messiah? Yeah, the uh, the term uh, Messiah uh, from the Hebrew, Mashiach, means to be anointed. Uh, in the Old Testament, prophets, priests, and kings often were anointed with oil, uh, signifying that God had a special uh, ministry uh, to them. So when Jesus comes as to Christ, they understood uh, Israel uh, that a Messiah would be coming, um, someone that was anointed by God uh, to be for the people. And so the Messiah, that's such an important, you always see the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is technically a title, uh, sometimes maybe used as a name, uh, but he's Lord in the sense he's God. Um, Jesus, you know, is even a name, hmm. he's going to save his people from their sins. And then he's the Christ. He's the Messiah. Uh, he is truly the savior of the world that had come. And we're yeah. going to see, um, it's his identity that will get him executed. That's very 
much he claims I was the son of God. You know, he makes it clear mm. through his actions and then for being Messiah. Mm. So, um, and his identity is what really brought about his death. So now let's get really practical and uh, wrap this up mm -hmm. by giving some employment. Like how do we take this and what do we do with mm -hmm. it? So Jesus humbled himself by obeying his father. Mm. So do you submit to your heavenly father? Um, let me say that again. Do you submit to your heavenly father's will like Jesus? Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a simple question, but it has huge implications. Yes. Um, so often we are just talking about it. Um, people get too big for their britches. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. think they're so great, especially uh, Christians. But Jesus just humbled himself, yeah. submitted. And uh, I think it's just an example for us to follow. Um, question I need to ask myself. Have I humbled myself yeah. by obeying my heavenly father? And then a thought. Am I arrogant or mm. a humble person? How did God respond to Jesus's humble submission? Yeah. Uh, so we have to always check ourselves as Christians, make sure we're not arrogant. Absolutely. Nothing worse than arrogant Christians. There's a uh, series of commands in James 4, you know, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. But James 4.10, humble yourself in the sight of God, and he will lift you up. Isn't that what happened with Jesus? He humbled himself. Uh, he submitted to the Father, and now he's given the name uh, that is above every name. So it's the pattern for us to place ourselves under God's authority and that of church leadership and under government authority. And when we're obedient to those authorities, we please God, and in the due time, he lifts us up. So I love um, how Jesus modeled for yeah. us exactly how we need to be humble. Because I just talked from John 5 last night. And he says, that basically, I don't receive the humble or the glory of men, you know, yeah. because he's saying he's humble. So right. I don't receive the glory of men. And he's really contrasting with the Pharisees as he's laying them out because they're all about the good old boys club. That's right. You know, I'm someone, you're someone, we kind of work together and we'll yeah. both be someone. Yeah. And I see that in Christian circles. A mm -hmm. lot of times it's if you're part of the good old boys club, you're somebody. Um, but if you're out there pounding the pavement, preaching, teaching, uh, you know, just kind of taking care of your need. If your church isn't big enough mm -hmm. or you're not, it's true. I hate to say it's really like influencers, mm -hmm. you know, and the church has a lot of them, mm -hmm. um, but not for the better where, you know, I think we have the same philosophy. We take care of our own in our local church. Yeah. We train them up, we focus on them, and then we can take it out to others. Great commission, mm -hmm. obviously, but, um, we shouldn't be too impressed by who we're with, yeah. be a respecter of persons in that aspect. Because I, I think that's very dangerous for the that's church. Right. We see that with Paul. Yeah. You know, he goes to Peter and just slams the man for mm. uh, being a hypocrite. Yeah. He didn't say, well, that, that, that guy walked with Jesus. He walked on water, you know. But we have to understand we need to be humble mm. and not arrogant, which mm -hmm. we all need to check ourselves with that. That's right. And then I have John submitted to Jesus's illogical request. Yeah. And are you like the baptizer who submitted to the words that Jesus spoke to him, even though they seemed illogical? And, yeah. and you know where I'm going with this, Isaiah 55 yeah. through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Um, you've been given the word of God, the Holy Scripture. Do you submit to it even when you don't understand it? Yeah. 
Uh, and I see too many people, and you can chime in on this, but try to cram the culture into the Bible now, yeah. um, where God gives us requests that sometimes we truly don't understand. Yeah. It's a faith thing. And yet uh, people aren't like John, and they don't submit. I yeah. mean, I know that's a very negative way to look at it, yeah. but uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, just taking you back to the former illustration, you know, in a obedience to where we believe God was leading us. We we moved uh, closer to the church yeah. and to the home where you grew up. and uh, But there was uh, a murmuring underground. Uh, people would say to me, well, why are you moving in yeah. that direction? Um, code talk for you're moving closer <laughs> to Washington, D.C. There are blacks, there are Hispanics there. Why are you doing it? And they didn't, they didn't understand it. For uh, them, it was illogical what we were doing. And yet, we know um, how God has used us to reach the black community, to reach the Hispanic community. You took uh, trips with us to uh, Honduras. Oh. Our, our, our congregation reflects the diversity of the area. We've been instrumental in uh, discipling a man, a dear brother in Christ, Michael Thompson, who's now pastoring in Northeast D.C., Forty years I'd prayed for the nation's uh. capital. What did God do? He sent us a man who came to us and said, pastors, can you train me? Uh. He's now the pastor there. So uh, the ideas were all from one blood, uh. were called to reach all people, and uh, it doesn't make sense to a lot of others no. what we do. And honestly, um, I always say just briefly that everyone has their underground racism oh, culture. Everyone. And so when you step away from that and you go, I'm going to reach you know, the people God has given me to reach, uh, you, we experience some incredible things. I mean, we have had cultural experiences, but we have brought Christ to those various yep. cultures in, in great ways. Ways, and it's just such a blessing. So it doesn't make sense to this world system, yeah. but we get to model for them because Jesus uh, came particularly to the Jews at first, but he was going to die for all yeah, people. Definitely. And uh, as as Paul writes in Ephesians 2, he himself is our peace. He's brought the Jew and the Gentile together. So when people come to our church and they look at your youth yeah. ministry and they see such diversity, they go, how do you do it? Yeah. And it's just like, well, maybe we just didn't listen to everybody else, yeah. and we were determined to make disciples of all uh, nations. Because yeah, I know when I tell people, you know, I have a church inside PG County, but yeah. like you're there, <laughs> you know, yeah. smart comments. Yeah, but it's like people don't. I don't think people get it. Yeah. I, I, to me, it just as we, I know it's kind of sidetracked, but on the racial issue, it's yeah. just so stupid to me. Yeah, the whole racial thing is stupid. Uh, we're wanting Christ. You know, there's such a woke movement out there. There's yeah. so much right now that we all need to get together and talk about our differences. Yeah. It's like, we are in Christ. We are one. <laughs> all right. Put on the mind of Christ. That's it. All right. So, and, and I think that's beauty of scripture. We see that Jesus didn't make the church a Jewish church. That's right. It was the universal. It's the idea you know, where's all the passages on how we should worship and mm -hmm. you know, with music or styles. And he doesn't give it to us because he understands there's different cultures, sure. different needs. And I mean, all those cultures are special. Don't get me wrong, but in Christ we're one. That's right. Um, so I, I kind of get fed up with this whole, I see people having conventions trying to figure it's like, oh, it's yeah. just wasted time. Just go yeah. minister to, yeah. to whomever God plants within your community yeah. and reach them and show them the genuine love of God. Wow. And it, once they sense, um, you know, some of my highest compliments 
um, have come from blacks who have oh. said, you know what, you're colorblind. Oh. Um, if it weren't for you, a pastor, uh, I wouldn't even like white people. <laughs> and I'm going, I, you know, I treasure those things because we don't see color. Oh. We just see people who need Christ. And when we bring them in oh. and then they, they are born again, oh. they're just part of the body of Christ and we're eternally related. And that's just it. The word brother oh. is a Delphos, those from the same womb. Oh. So through the blood of Christ, uh, you know, he makes us one. So that, that's why we do what we do, where we do it. And uh, so who we really both are the same. We don't really care what everybody else thinks because we're just obeying our and God. And it's Samaritan. Yeah. You know, that's all it is. Who's my neighbor? Yep. That's Love it. my neighbor. That's right. So, uh, but with all that said, getting yeah. back to, uh, it seemed illogical prior yeah. to John, yeah. but you always obey the word of God because there's a reason. Exactly. And uh, he, John would be praised later highly mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. um, so you have been given the word of God, the Holy Scriptures. Do you submit to God's word, even if it's hard to understand? Mm -hmm. So uh, questions I need to ask myself, do I obey scripture even when I can't understand mm -hmm. why? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where people get in trouble. And thoughts, scripture is filled with commands like loving enemies. Right. Explain that one to me. <laughs> yeah. And giving everything while expecting nothing in return. Mm -hmm. um, do I obey all scripture or just the sections I'm comfortable right. with. And uh, I just think it's so important for us to really just say, what does God's, what's God's will? How we find God's will, it's the Bible, in the Bible. And he'll confirm it, like you said, and just do it. Yeah. You know, don't worry about what the cool new pastor dude or, you mm -hmm. know, some big convention tells you to do. It's like follow the word of God. That's right. You know? So um, Jesus and our third and final employment is mm. Jesus embraced his identity. He didn't run from it. Uh, Jesus defines the identity of all those who follow him. Mm. And the question is, have you brace, embraced your identity in Christ? Yeah. What is our, identi our identity? Obviously, as I mentioned, Sermon on the Mount, mm -hmm. so forth, much more than that. But also Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and no longer, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of us just need to surrender um, our identities because people people are just so wrapped up in their identity yeah. outside of Christ. Yeah. You know, uh, I I hope I'm never to the place you know where I think uh, by my culture or, or right. you know by my clothing how I talk that identifies me. It should always be I am a Christian. Yeah. At the end of the day, I love my neighbor and I put God above all. Mm. And then a question I need to ask myself, Jesus has identified who I am. Have I embraced my identity in Christ? Thoughts, have I embraced my identity in Christ? Do I cling to my new identity yeah. or to this old sinful man and his lust? Yeah. So um, any last things before we close up that you want to add there? Yeah. <laughs> When you are in Christ, you should be the most comfortable person in your skin on planet Earth. Uh, about a year ago, I had a wedding to do, an African-American couple. Uh, they came, asked me if I would do their premarital counseling, do the wedding. I was honored to do so. You and I have had the privilege often of yeah. being, I tell people, the only tall, uh, light, and handsome people there. <laughs> in, in other words, yeah. we're only white people yeah. on the premises. And I remember uh, when it was the day for the wedding, 
and the couples were going to walk down the aisle and, and they had really good moves as they were coming down the aisle. They were rhythmic. And I looked at them and I, and they, they knew this. They, 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 they loved me because I, I, who I said, Hey, listen, everybody, I'm a non rhythmic white guy. So I'm just going to walk straight on down. You do your thing and I'll, and I'll beat it. But the point is they know I love them for who they are. They love me for who I am. And I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not. Christ makes me complete and it's through him we can feel comfortable. Jesus embraced his identity and when we have this identity in christ then i think we're just comfortable with who we are yeah and as we as we'll see later you know our identity is you know being pure in heart blessed are the me you know we can we'll just go we'll go into detail yeah um i think that'll be almost nine podcast uh looking at the sermon on the mount going into great detail in the future but um yeah, I, I agree that you know, we just have to be comfortable with who we are in Christ. In Christ yeah. And that means I don't have to go and impress other people, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, become all things to win people for Christ, so to speak. Sure. Uh, in that context, I'm not going out and sinning. Yeah. But I, I'm, identifying, I'm identifying with who I am in Christ. And that allows me to do so much. That's because right. at the end of the day, people love people who are real. That's right. You know, um, and... Use your culture, use it to win people for Christ. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying be anti-culture. That's right. Um, we all have our biases, our feelings, but when we come to Christ, we need to say his kingdom first, That's right. um, his identity first, and not mine. Hmm. So, so uh, as we see, this passage was all about identity. That's right. It's all, and Jesus was baptized. His identity was given to him. He knew it, but it was given to, given to him from the Father, the Spirit. John the Baptizer then announced it to Israel. And mm. That's what the baptism was about. And that was episode two in Jesus is Baptized from the Jesus Said That series. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Father and Son Pastoral Amen. Podcast.